Leonard Cohen suggested, there is a crack in everything. That's how the light gets in. This viral crack gives us a chance to create something new and better. So let's talk about back to different and let the light in. Hi, it's Mac Bogart again, and I am here today with someone whom I met who lives across the world, and her name is Dee Mitra, and we've been talking, and she sent me some wonderful things she's written about children in this strange time we're in, and I've asked her to tell us a little bit of, of her story, how she got here, and she brought a, a great idea forward, but I'm going to let her tell you about that idea. Hello, Mac. It's wonderful being here, and uh, my journey has been fascinating. So as a little child, I think I realized one of my key interests was just to observe people and to find out what is going on in their mind. Hmm. So I realized that talent very, very early on in life, and I sharpened my skills to really look at beyond what was being said and understanding what was going on in their heads. And that beautifully translated into my profession, where today I work as a leadership consultant as well as an executive coach. And I'm an emotional intelligence practitioner. So I like telling people that I help them realize how they are channeling their emotions. So that's the kind of work I do. I'm based out of Dubai and the last 14 years have been a wonderful journey where I've worked across India, Australia and the Middle East. So that's about my journey so far. Very cool. Thank you. And at some point we'll have another conversation and we'll talk about that part of your life in more depth. You had mentioned when we started this conversation before I hit the red button, something called Wabi Sabi, which had a resonance to my earlier life in the 60s. So uh, can you take us into that, please? Indeed, absolutely. So like I mentioned, I live in Dubai, which is really a microcosm of the world because there are about 200 different nationalities who work and live here. And a few months ago, I was invited for coffee at a Japanese friend, Chiyoko's house. It was the first time that I was visiting her house and I marveled at the beautiful aesthetics as soon as I walked in. Now, as she was preparing coffee on the table, I noticed a ceramic centerpiece. It was beautiful. It was intricate. However, it had this visible crack running through it. And absentmindedly, I ran my fingers on the crack and I wondered in my head why Chiyoko chose to exhibit this damaged piece as the focal point of her table decoration. Now, while I was doing this, Chiyoko was back and when she saw that I was observing that huge crack, she kind of read my thoughts and she said, Wabi Sabi. Mm. And... With my limited knowledge of Japanese, I said, wasabi? So she nodded her head with a smile and she went on to describe this ancient Japanese philosophy of wabi-sabi, which essentially means that beauty is embodied in the presence of flaws, damages, mistakes, the presence of imperfection and impermanence. 
so that was my first understanding of wabi sabi and then obviously uh, being you know naturally curious i went on to understand more about the concept and i went on to understand how it even applies to life so yes that was my first introduction to wabi sabi wow and and we were also talking about things like skin color and mm-hmm. we were talking about how the black lives matter um, turmoil or movement however you want to frame that has brought forth a sort of focus on um imperfection how we define what it means to to be to be right to be proper to be a part of the mainstream mm-hmm. so the the uh, wabi sabi thing and 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 the quote i use about um everything has a crack in it that's how the lights light get gets in yes it seems to be a real strong parallel here so once you once you had the conversation with your friend what what happened for you in your concept about how this connected to things like emotional intelligence and leadership and the world as we as we currently see it yes so while today primarily wabi sabi is used in design so it could be uh, a wooden piece of furniture which still has the elements of nature so it's not been polished it could be in the form of a piece of crockery which has cracks and hence shows uh what the journey it has been through i feel it is very very applicable to life so be it the pandemic be it with what is happening across the world today with black lives matter and as you rightly said you know we've been primed to the notion of perfection and this is a perfect career a perfect spouse a perfect skin color a perfect child and then suddenly we have this ouch moment you know where we are confronted by these imperfections and i think today these are some of the experiences that we are sharing all around the world together and there could be cracks and flaws in what we set out to achieve so the plans have crumbled possibly say due to the pandemic we could be dealing with businesses failing we could be left without a job we could be missing our loved ones we could be worried about our safety and wabi sabi breaks you away from that premium that you put on the set you know nuances of being perfect so even when you talk about skin color there is a set nuance around what is the perfect skin color what is white associated with what is black associated with and these kind of set notions about perfectionism can actually make you struggle and struggle really really badly it can make you land on a psychiatrist couch <laughs> so i believe wabi sabi's power is giving that freedom back to yourself in helping you liberate yourself from being enchained to this vicious cycle of false expectations of a perfect outcome or a perfect future or a perfect relationship and then those outcomes not being met that followed by depression despair and then again a new set of false expectations around perfect uh, settings wow. so 
I think, you know, that's what Wabi Sabi did to me. It helped me release this notion of being perfect. And it helped me embrace the beauty of life that is there with all these damages, with all these flaws, with all these imperfections and impermanence. So whatever we are going through right now, if we are able to find the beauty in that, and it could be an uprising, it could be a pandemic, but what is it doing in a larger context? Uh, I think that is what Wabi Sabi made me think through. Well, I no um, no anger towards my parents. Somebody once said to me, um, "Our parents couldn't teach us anything that they didn't know," and um, the sort of theme of part of the theme of my childhood was that you have to push harder, you have to be better as a parent. How do you suggest maybe we can be more humane with our children so that we don't set them up to not be able to understand wabi-sabi? Yeah, I think that's a beautiful question. And um, these scripts that are there in our head, as you rightly mentioned, are ones that are ingrained from the early years. Uh, some of them could be driven with the way you're brought up in the family, some of them could be driven in the society or the culture that you're brought up in. And some of them could be traits that you display as a person. So definitely, I think in our role as parents, in in the way we nurture, uh, there is a strong element how we can influence our kids uh, to embrace wabi-sabi from the very, very early years of their life. And I think there are a couple of pointers over here that I'd like to share. The first thing is being able to embrace and harvest things that are not going right. And while this may sound like a cliche on a greeting card, I can definitely validate that through a personal experience. I lost my dad in an accident when I was eight, and that shook my world. And for a long time, I numbed the reality. I pretended it didn't happen. And it was only until recently that I managed to embrace it as something that had happened and something that I could do nothing about. So that power of acceptance and embracing it and harvesting it, I think is very, very key and something that we can consciously let our children know that it's perfectly okay if they don't have the best outcome always. And what this acknowledgement has done is it's made me strong enough to share this crack with the world and release its gifts. So if I didn't harvest it, I wouldn't possibly be as independent as I am now or as resilient because of what has happened. So I think that is definitely something that we can consciously build as parents. The second thing is to put an end to the waiting game. And as you rightly mentioned, you know, there is no perfect marriage. There is no perfect career. And even now, I hear a lot of people talking about when we get back to normal, things are going to be perfect. So let's face it, even if there is a vaccine, are you guaranteed cover from any future event? You're not. 
are you guaranteed to be happy every single day of your lives? You're not. Even if the world stops every form of discrimination, is that going to what's, you know, really going to click the game for you? No. So these are things we want to happen, but they are not definite destinations which are going to make us happy. So we can't be waiting for that perfect moment, that perfect day when you ace your grades, when you get into the best college. You have to literally move away from forecasts, but sense and respond. Know that the reality today is a moment in transience. It is impermanent. And what you can do is within this impermanent moment. So I think those two things definitely, Mac. My my uh, mind works according to rules, which I've never quite been able to figure out, nor do I need to or want to. But what I was thinking of was the Bruce Springsteen song uh, called Glory Days. Mm-hmm. And I went to my high school reunion, uh, my 40th some years back, and there was a guy I went to high school with who was who was a star in my high school. He was a straight-A mm-hmm. student. He was a captain of the football team. He was a captain of the baseball team. He was a captain of the basketball team. And But when he went away to college, his skills did not make him the top anymore. Mm-hmm. He, didn't, he didn't make the teams, even though he was very blessed. And when I, when I met him at the um, high school reunion, <clears throat> all of his life after that, seemed he had way too much to drink and i did too when we were talking but um it seemed like that was his that was his perfection and Mm -hmm. it happened when he was 18 and everything after that didn't live up to the glory days yes so part of what i hear on my end and i don't know that much about your culture but but in our culture, this this drive to achieve um, among the price we may pay for that if it guides our life is that once we achieve, it's it's done. And and it's and and it isn't it isn't anything special anymore because it's over with. So part of what I'm hearing here in this idea of wabi sabi is that we can change how we see the cracks, we can change yes. how we see the fault lines, and we yes. can appreciate them just like we can appreciate a tree which doesn't grow straight. Yes. And not get stuck in the trap of our expectations guiding us towards pain. Yes, so that's absolutely spot on. and. It is about changing how you view life and how you view whether life has to be all a bed of roses because that's utopian. That's not going to ever happen. And while I understand that whatever is going on now is a very, very unique point uh, in what we have encountered in our lifetime. But within all that we are enduring now and within all that has been damaged both internally and externally. These are our experiences. This is what is going to make us grow. I mean, I've heard a lot of people talk about resilience being the ability to bounce back from failure. But I also believe resilience is the ability to grow in those spots of imperfections. So this is the opportunity, I believe. If I think of my business as a facilitator and a coach, 
most of the work that I was doing was face-to-face, was with local clients. And what the pandemic has done is it's allowed me to collaborate with you. It's allowed me to do workshops in countries which I am far, far away from physically. So I've had to rethink and redesign my content, my approach. And that's the beauty. When you embrace that this is the crack, my plans have crumbled, then that forces you to think differently. And that acts as an element in your life, which makes you appreciative of what is. So what's happened to nature once we've you know gone under lockdown, for example. Yes. So it is seeing this contrast I mean, if every day was so wonderful, it wouldn't remain wonderful after all. But because you see that life is cyclical, it is moments and transients. You see points which are painful. You see points where you haven't been successful as per the definition of success. That's what makes it beautiful. And that is Wabi Sabi. So this is a question I've taken to ask towards the end of each podcast, imagine in the future, your children um, talking about you and how you all dealt with this time, with this change, with this vibration in our lives. What would you hope that they would tell their children about how you all did during this time? Well, I hope that... uh... I have I have one child who's eight years old, and uh, because of the conscious efforts that I've been making, uh, I think that my child would be able to say that um, as a family, we were very creative, and that's interesting because because our social interactions have dwindled down in the last few months, and a lot of things that we could easily do we can't do outside so we've embraced creativity as a family we have indoor camps for example set up and we pretend that it's in the outdoor and uh, we do all the things that we would do in an outdoor camp though it's inside the house we set up a restaurant inside the house Um, so I think those elements were again embracing and harvesting the current reality. So I believe that my child will be able to say that we came together as a family and we thought creatively how we could best stay connected to each other and create new realities. I really appreciate your use of harvesting as a as a concept i'm a recovering english teacher so words mean mean lots to me and i think that's a very powerful image is to harvest what's mm-hmm. happening now sure so any any uh, final thoughts for the listeners um well all i'd like to say is just focus on experiencing the present moment in its entirety with its beautiful and its not so beautiful aspects. Try to savor it. One of the things which I try to do often and as a family we try to do is to try to eat one meal with your other hand 
because it makes it more conscious it makes it more intentional you're able to savor every bite and it really helps you slow down uh, a lot of people talk about slowing down but they don't know how to do it so this is a fun thing that you could definitely try out with so everyone stay safe that also and i know this only because of the research i did for my book that also forces your brain to create new pathways absolutely indeed and that's a that's a that's a great habit i think uh in general but definitely now is to be a little more painstaking and a little more mindful and maybe if we practice that during this time that will carry over yes yes I think uh, this is something that we can definitely reward ourselves to break away from the cacophony and cherish the moments that we have and just being present there and making the best use of it. Thank you. Thanks for giving us a listen. As we move forward with this situation with this thing that's us let's never forget that we are all in this together no matter what else happens we're all in this together thank you <laughs>